Da 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 da! You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. What is up, ma'am, fam? I know it sounds a little bit different. Uh, it's Richard Barton here with my good friend Brian Gill. Say hi, Brian. Hello. That's Brian. Uh, we're Sans Kent this week. This is a uh, pro. Is this the second or third time this has ever happened? I think, I think the second time. I think Mad Men was the only uh, yeah. the only non Kent episode that we've done that that got released to the public. There's plenty that you and I recorded uh, that Kent just refuses to publish. But <laughs> well, uh, the language is is truly <laughs> atrocious. He's um, probably protecting. It's it, not but, uh, foul language. It's the whole thing is just in Swahili. Right. So it's right. w- which we're both fluent in. So people not a huge audience. <laughs> Uh, no, it's just it's just the Bry guy and us t- myself tonight, which I'm excited for. This episode is going to be a little look behind the curtain. So Kent, uh, a lot of you know this because a lot of you follow our show because of his work on his other show. Uh, Kent works for the Dallas Cowboys, which I believe are the cricket team, right? Mm-hmm. That's the fourth local string fourth string running back. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's still... the scat back. Um, okay. Third down situations only because mm-hmm. he's small, but he's quick. Take that, uh, Lance Dunbar. Yeah, no, I know it's a uh, it's a it's a big <laughs> spear to the Mean Green community. Uh, but yeah, Kent works for the Cowboys, um, which if you follow football, uh, which Brian and I both do, uh, they have kind of a big game coming up and uh, in the in the playoffs, and uh, that does not just fall on the players. That is an organization wide event with a lot of content to create and so on and so forth. So that's where Kent is. He's he's busy doing that and trying to sleep uh, squeeze in maybe. God forbid, one or two hours of sleep during the week. <laughs> and uh, we're going to let him do that because a grumpy Kent is no fun for any of us. But we wish you <laughs> the best, Kent. Go Cowboys. I know Brian can't say that, but he's rooting for them. And uh, just for you, Kent, and uh, we, we're, we miss you. Miss, I, can, I'm, I already miss your giggle right now. I wish we were talking home alone with you. Yeah. Uh, but he, Kent will be back soon. So that's the first part of it. And the second thing is uh, we don't really have anything to talk about this week in terms of movies, right? We're just going to kind of talk. Mm-hmm. So this is a bonus episode. So I will warn you, and I'm going to let Brian go in a minute. Uh, if you don't like me and Brian, uh, probably <laughs> this might not be the a best. rough hour yeah, for you. Might be the rough rough hour for you. This is just some bonus content uh, before we get things up and ramped up next week. It's kind of a weird time. Uh, we are here in in the Plex, um, and uh, which is the Metroplex, Dallas Fort Worth, and movies kind of get here weird um, around award season. So we've kind of mm-hmm. done everything we can do. Yeah, we uh, just got Avatar a couple weeks ago, yeah, so we it's just, been a pretty big week. And us. I'm blown away. The facts are incredible, <laughs> still. But in four years, I'll hate it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're kind of in this weird lull, at least in Dallas. So those of you on the coast are saying, what are you talking about? There's so many movies to see. I know. Uh, but here, which is, it's, it's you know, Dallas is probably the eighth biggest city in the country, and Fort Worth being probably the 17th biggest city in the country. So it's a huge media market, and uh, yet... Uh, we get everything super late because of uh, reasons that are unclear. So I'll shut up now. Brian, how you been, man? I'm good, dude. I'm good. I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to talk with you. And uh, I hope Kent is getting a little bit, a little bit of rest. Yes. I know this is a tough time of the year for him, but exciting. It's better. It's better to be tired right in January than it is to be uh, well rested like yes. he was last January. Yes, exactly. And I think it's weird. It's got to be a weird thing to go through. 
uh, to have a really busy work week, and then if things go poorly on Sunday, it's just over, <laughs> right? Yeah, what other, yeah. what other, yeah. uh, and you're you're kind of like openly praying for more work in yes, a way. You're just like, yeah. gosh, I hope we can really keep working for another month. Or you know, you know there's people, you know, Cowboys, <laughs> they're a tortured fan base, but you know, like the Patriots that have been through this like every year. You know, there's yeah. some guy that's just like, gosh, I hope they lose this week. I've got, I've got Rezies <laughs> at Scottsdale. I really want to get to the. I want to go. I got. I want to play yeah. 36 with my friends. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> that's got to be really bizarre. But the uh, the news fairy uh, kind of gave us some goods. Otherwise, you would probably hear uh, Brian tell stories about his kid, and and I would tell <laughs> stories about my dog. But we had the Golden Globes this week, the drunkest award Yay. show of them all. Brian, oh gosh, yes. yeah. It's- I think it's kind of perfect because Kent actually cares about awards and gets offended by them. Um, <laughs> and you do too, and I do too, but uh, you and I are But more, not the Globes. Yeah, yeah you and I just, um, we love, you know, award shows in a different way than Kent. So it's a good thing, a good time to have just you and, you and me on the show. Yep. So go ahead and I want your kind of overall thoughts, because you're smarter than I am, on the Golden Globes <laughs> in general. Like what they mean to you, what your history is with them. Um, and sure. how much they matter to you. You know, I really, I dig the Globes maybe more than the Oscars because they're fun to watch because you can, great TV for the most part, you can kind of just like sit back and enjoy what is usually a train wreck or at least like a semi drunken train wreck, uh, instead of for whatever reason, uh, being the movie, I don't know, freak show might be the proper yeah. terminology. I don't know, uh, that, that I am like the Oscars mean a little bit to me. It's, it, I get very upset when, uh, when, uh, an award show, when one of the Oscars goes poorly and, uh, never forget them and track down some of the voters and let them have a piece of my mind. And the globes is just kind of like, um, you hope that they go right and you know that they won't for the most part. And then every once in a while they correct a wrong, like, Michael Scott has a Golden Globe when he doesn't have an Emmy and things like that. And so you just have this uh, – typically it's sit back and relax, enjoy the show um, as long as Ricky Gervais is not hosting. And uh, and this this year was, for the most part, uh, I would say no no exception for me. Yeah, the, the Golden Globes are almost like a – and, and I, I, I mean this very abstractly, but they're kind of like a political party in that like – Mm-hmm. Uh, there are parties in the United States that I agree with on like 90% of what they are. And then 10%, they just get loudly wrong. And then there's, you know, other parties where like, they're really hard, right? About 10% of what matters. And then they're wrong about everything else. The golden globes are wrong mm-hmm. about everything, except they do one thing really smart is they separate comedy and drama. And so yeah. things can be graded appropriately. Now, they're insane when they grade them in properly and they're on meth. <laughs> but it, right. I love the setup, and I wish I wish we could get the Oscar voter with like the Golden Globe Awards. The, they do two things right. Number one, it's fun to see TV people with movie people, mm-hmm. and now those worlds of like like Tom Hardy has a show that came out tonight. Those worlds are <laughs> right, meshing right. quite a bit. But for a long time, it was like weird to see uh, you know Anthony Edwards next to uh, Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> And it was the right. only night of the year where you'd be like, whoa, awesome. Um, <laughs> Two and, Anthony's. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're drunk. Um, <laughs> but uh, but they, they, they do that right. And then they do the, the comedy and drama thing. Because I think, and you and I, we've talked about this before. But like um, the aforementioned Michael Scott, that's a harder thing to do than mm-hmm. almost anything on television. And there's a lot of comedic roles like that. And it's in, – in, in film especially, it's – 
hard, it's hard for them. They can get their due in TV, but in, in film, it's hard to. It's hard for someone that gives just a, a an awesome, lighthearted, brilliant performance to get any uh, recognition come award season right. because there's right. there's just there's so many. Uh, there's, you know, we've got there's there were Nazis in this movie, and they they have to we by law have to give them this trophy. Um, right. So that's fun. So the awards this year. So I watched live. You didn't. So I was able to yeah. spoil some things for you, which brought me great delight because you got to see the Oscars <laughs> this year live, and I didn't. I was on an airplane. Yeah. And so it starts off hot. It was a oh man, just came out the shoot firing. Just comes out full globes, like Sheesh. three shots of fireball backstage. <laughs> Uh, Fallon comes out. He's got a little kind of. Uh, fun. What do you think of Fallon? We'll we'll start with Fallon. What do you think? You know, I thought I thought the monologue slash the opener, the cold open was great. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of the perfect. Uh, right. It, just like a, it's a glimpse into uh, what happened on Hollywood, and they did it in a in a. I thought a, a very um, a fitting way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, having uh, JT and, and all these talented people that came in and, and helped. I thought it was a really good open. I thought his monologue was pretty weak, but that was expected, right? Like you don't you don't yeah. watch Jimmy Fallon to see yeah. his monologue totally. for the most part, and uh, and so you know that I thought that went well. I I didn't think they used him all that much, and I'm fine with that. Like I don't need beyond the the open and the monologue. I I don't really need my host. Uh, popping up mm-hmm. every two minutes to remind me that they are hosting. Yeah, here. Uh, and so I thought, I thought that was, I was okay with that. I, I definitely think he could have uh, like taken a nap backstage for a couple hours at times, and it, and we wouldn't have known that yeah. that we had missed anything, you know. No, he's a, uh, he's he's great. He he, um, the opener was good. I thought it was kind of annoying that it really only spoofed. La La Land, yes, and then La La Land won every award, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine." You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like pretended the show in a weird way, so I ended sure. up being fine with it. And, you know, Fallon is—he's like a—he's um, like a Derek Lowe. This is a really obscure sports <laughs> reference. This is what happens when you and I talk. Uh, he's just going to eat innings, and yeah. you're, but he's going to have at the end of the year great stats, and you're you're totally fine with him. Is mm-hmm. he? Am I ever going to list Jimmy Fallon on the top? Uh, 10 funniest people on the planet. No, but right. at the end of the day, you're going to go, wow, Derek Lowe, Hall of Famer. Almost. Yeah. So I mean, his numbers in, in sure. the same with Fallon, right? Sure. Yeah. And I mean, his, his greatest skill and, and I'm a Fallon fan from way back from SNL and, and I, 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 you know, I, so I quite like his so show. Good. It's that he's, he's affable and he's likable yeah. and he's, and he's very good at getting other people to kind of not necessarily come out of their shells, but like, be stupid and I, I think that is what makes that show work is that it's it's comfortable and it's fun and and you don't really you know you're not going to get any hard questions not that you're getting lots of hard questions no. on Kimmel or something no, but no. uh he's not going to make you uncomfortable the, he's he's going to do just the opposite he's very very talented very good at that um I you know hosting this show I, I don't know that that's necessarily 100 percent his strong suit but I thought he did fine for what he was asked to do yeah I mean the crop has run. I mean, Tina and Amy can only do it so many times. Right. Um, you know, <laughs> every year where Ricky Gervais doesn't do it, I think is a win mm-hmm. for, for us. Um, America and the yeah, world. It's yeah. an NBC property. NBC mm-hmm. does it every year. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to put their dude on there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Seth Meyers gets a take at it at some point. Sure. And then, um, and then Leslie Jones too. So <laughs> that's great. Um, but no, and it's, then the chair from the voice, I think, is third on that list. Yeah, it's great, and it's I like that it happens. I wish the Oscars occurred when the Globes do because the Oscars so late, 
it's mm-hmm. so far after the year that it covers it's annoying yeah. i get it because there's so many more voters but i do like the efficiency of like hey it's january 6th time for the golden globes like sure oh, this is sure, this feels appropriate yeah. um but it's a great it's a they recognize more than anything else and i i i always um you know the our uh our spiritual guy tony kornheiser uh <laughs> whenever he talks about sports and people get to uh up in arms about certain things. And he always says it's a television show at the end of the day, more than it's anything else. It's a television show. And the same in the globes do the best job of understanding that. hundred percent. Yeah. And they're not in the, uh, you know, the, the award is, openly arbitrary as opposed to, uh, (laughs) as opposed to kind of, yeah. Yeah. If you don't know, there's like it's less than a hundred voters. Yeah. So the the Oscars it's all Roberto I Benigni. This year, yeah. Yeah. It's just a hundred of <laughs> yeah. him in a room, and they jump around, and then they just whatever <laughs> chair they land on, that's who they vote for. But they're all in Pinocchio costumes. Yeah. It's weird. Um, the the Oscars has something like somewhere I think this year is like between six and seven thousand yeah. voters. Could be wrong on that, but I, I believe that's the number that I heard. Whereas the Globes is I think ninety two something. Yeah. I mean, it's less than a hundred voters. So. It is very easy. If you would like to make it happen, you can win a Golden Globe. Yeah. You know, like if have you have the them. money to I spend, yeah, you can uh, you can make it happen. And so you can't. But at the same yeah. time, you like you just like said, eight they take people out to dinner. You're off to yes, a head start. Yes, and then and if you're a it's star. all foreigners. They all are for the most. I don't want to generalize, but they are more swayed by the movie star than. Uh, than our hardened angsty critics are now, you know, over here. So it's it's pretty easy to, to, if you want to bribe or if you want to just smooth, you can make it happen. I'm always in favor. If you can get a real movie star and I burned you on this one time with world war Z. Yeah. If you can get one of the 10 movie stars on the planet and you can spend $150 million on a movie, I don't care if the movie is about a stool. I say (laughs) you should make it because you can put it overseas and it will make $300 million. If you know, Johnny Depp, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, Julia Roberts, George Clooney, or so-and-so are in it. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if six people see it over here. So I'm always fine with that. Uh, And the Globes, they yes, if if you're Tom Hiddleston and you do a TV show, guess what, pal? You just won yourself (laughs) a Golden Globe because they know who you are. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. So so it's a a weird show in terms of the awards, but it's it's always fun. And then every once in a while, it doesn't ever get... um, sort of the the awards right in terms of what what happens in the Oscar but it does kind of set the tone for the Oscars in a weird way like you, yeah. you do kind of realize Moonlight's going to do more damage on La La Land at the Oscars than it did in the Globe but I I do think La La Land's going to win a lot of Oscars because mm-hmm. of the Golden Globes does that make sense yeah no I agree do you know what I, I mean think, I think it kind of set up for a big run for La La Land now it's not always the case sometimes you have a show like this where I don't think La La Land is susceptible to this because, A, it's very good, and B, um, it kind of appeals to the Oscar voter, I think. But yeah, you can't about, How many movies about Hollywood are going to win Oscars, right? Yes, exactly. I, can't, I wish I could think off the top of my head, but occasionally you will get a movie when the Oscar voting is still going that just kind of dominates these early, the Globes and some of the early shows sure. and that like there's a there's a certain backlash mm-hmm. that comes right. uh, somewhere down the line. Maybe The Help. I feel like The Help was one yeah, like that that uh, kind of dominated the early run and then the Oscars uh, took it out on it, I guess. Just kind of went, I don't want to do this and so went away. I, I don't think La La Land's going to be susceptible to that. This, I think this, if, if the Globes show us anything, 
I think it's pretty clear that for for most of these bigger races, it's it's kind of a it's a two man show. It's it's Moonlight and uh, and La La Land kind of competing for most mm-hmm. of those those early spots. And not to say there's not there's gonna be plenty of uh, of awards given out to, uh, to other actors and other movies and stuff like that. But um, I think those are the the heavy hitters for for the big ones anyway. Sure. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it's it's. Uh... It, it, oh, I didn't give my review of La Land. I had to leave. I mm. little, I was was I on that episode at all? Yeah, for okay. like ten minutes, and then and <laughs> I then like you, that uh... no one tweeted us or emailed. It shows how popular I am. That no <laughs> yeah, one cared that I like, just vanished. No, no we a... just we deleted all of them so that before you saw them. They were <laughs> okay. all very positive for yeah. the change okay. that we made on the Good. show. <laughs> Good. Well, then you're gonna love this episode, folks. <laughs> um, no, I had a work emergency and had to kind of bow out early. I loved La La Land. I'm gonna give you my review here, Brian. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Um, couldn't be more up my alley. Love the music. Love the love the sound. Love the aesthetic. Love the performances. It's great. It's one of my three favorite movies of the year, and you can tell by my tone. I'm about to say something here. Um, mm-hmm. I think it has a little bit. Hey, look, it's a far better movie uh, than this, but it has mm-hmm. a little bit of the artist in it. Where I think in like sure. five years, no one will care. But it's great. Yeah, in that yeah, weird, like I... it's weird. It's like it's a great. It's a great experience. It's it's kind of. Mm-hmm. But it just. At, what does it mean, really? It doesn't really in a mo- in a year that meant so much socially and artistically. What does sure. that movie really mean? I think maybe Moonlight or something will mean more in the future. But I, I love I La La Land. Well, even like Hell or High Water is going to be number one or number two for me on the year, unless you know I don't know Live by Night surprises me in a week or two. But um, and that that movie I think has a lot more has a lot more to say about the culture than uh, La La Land does. I think La La Land has a lot to say about the industry. And so that will keep it somewhat relevant in some ways. But I I do think you're right. I love that movie. I love, love, love it. I want to watch it a dozen more times. Mm -hmm. But I I do think there's a certain amount of whenever a movie is an experience, like you just said, you it kind of is it's it's almost pre-written that it will it's predestined almost to like be less important in five years yeah, you know or less right. it's so remembered. sensory you know yes. it's so sensory and it uses a part of your brain that isn't necessarily like the critical part i don't mean that sure. as a critique because so many more movies use the cr- critical part and it's a rare treat that yeah. a movie is just sensorial wonder not, i'm not saying it's stupid or lowbrow or anything i'm not i'm just saying it's such a sensorial movie that uh you know, it it, it uh, it's almost like this beautiful vapid mist that's wonderful mm-hmm. to walk through, but there's no, you can't ever hug it. I don't know. Sure. It had a coldness to it that I that I I can't express how much I love the movie. I would give it three A pluses, but I've mm-hmm. been thinking about it for a week, and I'm like, I don't. I just can see that it's such a well made movie. I don't, but I don't know if it'll be remembered as a historically great movie like like other movies. Well, and I think the same could be said. I think we've already kind of forgotten about Birdman in the same sense. Sure. Yeah, I think that's fair. Look, any of these movies, like I said, experiences, it's also movies that feel or look or just simply that they are, they're different. Like when was the last time, when was the last time you saw a, a true straight musical like this? That was very good. Cause is it, is it, I hate the Chicago. I said this on our episode. I hate Chicago. Hate it, hate it, hate it. Um, the artist was such a gimmick to me. Yeah. Um, so like well, it's hold been on. We, and we have to say, we <laughs> I, make this I know. every time the artist <laughs> is without a doubt. And I, I, we've been doing this show for four years now, about this week, four years. No one has ever come back to me on this. And I defy mm-hmm. you to come back to me on it. 
it is the best silent film of 2011, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. <laughs> or 13, was it? Whenever it was. Uh, I think it was 11, sure. Yeah, the best silent film of that year, 12, and maybe. I dare, I defy yeah. you to tell me another one, a better silent film that year. So yeah. come at me, bro. You, you can't, probably the decade, honestly. Uh, yeah, it's, maybe, it's, you know what? And that's, that's what I think the 20 teens will go down as, is that we peaked as a silent <laughs> film decade in the first year. <laughs> Uh, we really crushed it early. Yeah, just, just, yeah. Uh, and no one even attempted uh, it since, and it's a master. Er, now, early, I like early, Chicago early. better than you do. I actually think it works mm. better as a movie. I've seen the live show. I don't know. There's something kind of – I like that they didn't – the thing that's great about Chicago, the movie, is they didn't try to gimmick it to a movie. They made it big and brassy and like – I don't mm. know. And if, and if you hate yeah. that aesthetic – I get yes. it, and you do, and you should. But it worked for me in that it was kind of balls to the wall. This is a freaking musical, as opposed yeah. to something like Moulin Rouge or something that, that yes. which is also which I is better. But at least like you know, kind of hides behind something. Uh, Chicago is just trying to recreate a Broadway musical for the screen and fails in some points, but I think succeeds in some point. But that's another argument for another day for our, our Chicago lecture series that we're doing at universities <laughs> yeah. across the yeah. country. No, I by think the way, right. we should say the Citadel will be there next week, uh, next Friday. Uh, Gil and Bar- Gil and Barton discuss Chicago, but uh, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just gonna say I think it's just been that it, it's so it's been a long time since we've had a yeah. mainstream <laughs> true musical, and I think that that sticks with you. I think, or as far as like, as, I think it hits you sensorily. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, I hit it gets you sensory. Your my gosh, it gets your sensories moving and uh, your senses moving. Goodness. There you go. And, I like uh, sensories though. I can talk. Uh, and it, it is such an experience that I think that it kind of wins you over in a way that it, it sticks out as something different. And that is something that we well, tend to yes. gravitate I, towards when it comes to like, oh, top 10 movies of the year or Oscar winners and stuff like that. We do tend to give a little bit of like extra credit to a movie that feels unique and different. And we should. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. It's just I think well, to your point, I think you're right in that five years down the line, I'm going to remember La La Land. I Will I still think of it as like a cultural touchstone, like uh, like I'm like I do at the moment? And I, and I don't know the answer to that. I think you're probably right. And it's like, um, and like I said, it was just such a year of tumult. <laughs> and like maybe the reaction year to that will be 2017, because um, yeah. you can't make movies in real time. And I get that, but it's like it is weird that this frothy, beautiful aesthetic. Uh, kind of uh, mm-hmm. completely uh, Dionysian <laughs> film of of two white people dancing through L.A. That's the movie of 2016. After all that, mm-hmm. wow. Okay, yeah. that's interesting. What does that represent? Right? I don't know. Sure. Saying, but but it's great. And um, but uh, the, the, but to your point, the reason I think it it works more than than something like Chicago and. Is that it's made for for film? It's not adapted. You know, there's right. no. Uh, well, there probably yes, there will be in 15 years. Right. You can right. You can uh, you can bet anything that in 15 20 years there will be a a La La Land on Broadway, but there isn't right now. And uh, and there's there's something to be the the movie musical. I think really does live, and I hope you know Moulin Rouge did it, but it didn't have original songs. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, except for Come What May, but it. Uh, it, it, I hope I, I like, I love, you know, people make fun of me, man. I bump, I love musicals. And, uh, it's why I was so like in the tank when Hamilton came out last year. It's like, I love the, I love American revolutionary history. 
I love the American musical and I love hip hop. So <laughs> I am exactly who this was made for. Um, but I also love classic musicals too. And, and Rogers and Hammerstein stuff. I am, I will ride for that stuff all day. And I think it's a truly great, distinctly American art form. That's what makes it awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And I hope that this movie maybe inspires small scale, um, you know, um, yeah. musicals to continue because I, I would I don't look I don't want there to be three a year or anything but if right, we could right. get a cool you know uh, you know if if John Legend wants to write a movie musical uh, mm-hmm. in three years then I'm in you know and I think you know Idlewild they tried Outcast tried to do that and it just didn't work but I think if hopefully this movie creates some kind of template and some kind of audience for that because I love the movie I mean I grew up on Sound of Music and that stuff it's awesome mm-hmm yeah, no, if, if it can be uh, copied in the best way, that would be great. And I think that is part of it. I, I, I think that's what uh, Damien Chazelle is is part of what he's going for. He's trying to – we listen. We both listened to the Ann Hornaday uh, discussion on, on, on Uncle Tony's show, and, mm-hmm. and she said – and I think I think she's, she's spot on. This is kind of like a – Big shout to Ann Hornaday. Read her. Yeah, people. she's Do the you best. like movie criticism? Read Ann she's, Hornaday great at what she does um and great on the radio too but this is kind of like a like a a statement of of his intention of like trying to bring back that mm-hmm. genre and trying to show that it is still um relevant and and useful and, I, and that's great i am not a huge musical fan by any means but i do i think the i think the industry is better when uh, it's it's kind of like to bring it back to sports like i i don't really care for the patriots but i like like it's good for the league when the Patriots mm-hmm. are good. Like it, it's a, and that, that's kind of how I feel about musicals. Not just cause I don't know. That's not a, a perfect analogy. Cause most of the, the Patriots is like, I like and I hate them and it's fun to root <laughs> against somebody. But, but I um, do, I know so many people, you know, I live yeah, with one yeah. that is just like anti-musical for the most part though. She loves like Moulin Rouge. And it's like, I don't know. I think it, you have to put yourself out there and you have to mm-hmm. suspend some disbelief and you have to be kind of, emotionally willing to be wooed <laughs> by songs and i am man right. i i i am unabashedly mm-hmm. in the tank for that even even some i mean i like like the king and i and like some mm-hmm. kind of middle i love les mis i thought the uh <laughs> i thought the uh, les mis movie if you were back was on the whole <laughs> terrible but i love yeah. that they did it and i really enjoyed myself the whole time because i know all those songs um <laughs> so um so that's but that's again different. I I'm fine with them never adapting another musical for screen. I don't. I think the batting average is about. Mm, let's see. Sound of Music really worked. All right, that's it. <laughs> so we're about. Oh, uh, I think Guys and Dolls. The movie's great. Um. All right. So two for yeah. two for like eighty. Um, right. Works whole. really well the other way around, but not so much that, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. way. Yeah. 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 That Once way. really worked, and some other things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, mean Girls is coming. But uh, Newsies, give it to me, love it. Love oh it. yeah, for sure. But but uh, but I I would love for there to be more, mm-hmm. um, you know, musicals made specifically for film. Uh, first with live singing and all that. I think it's we've gotten to the point technically too where it's easy to uh, it's easy to do. Yeah. So okay, so give me give me your uh, Golden Globe, your your most your Brian Gill. Globe mm-hmm. Award for your the most deserving. So let's okay. just pretend that these statues worth something. You, uh-huh. Your award across all film and TV. You're the most happy that they won, and then the one that most pissed you off. It's a good question. Um, I think 
trying, I'm scrolling through here. I think the one, the moment that got me the the most hype and felt the most deserving, I guess, would be is probably uh, Viola Davis. I saw Fences last night. I'm late to the party on it. It's awesome. She is so she's so brilliant. She's oh. always been a brilliant actress. Suicide Squad aside, <laughs> um, I thought. What year did the help come out? Was that 2011, 2012? I can't remember exactly. Regardless, um, I thought her perform. I the help is an okay movie. It's nothing particular. There's nothing you're gonna remember or really write home about. I think, but she is. That was the best performance of the year by man, woman, supporting, leading. Doesn't matter. I loved her in that movie yeah. so much. And I think uh, I I want to say she won the Globe that year and then lost the Oscar to freaking Streep in that Margaret Thatcher movie. Um, <laughs> And that later. still sticks with me. It still makes me very angry. Uh, I thought her speech was great. Uh, that performance is magnificent. It will probably, I'm sure it'll be in my top 10 performances yeah. of the year. And, and I, I, that was just a, again, is like kind of like we talked about with Michael Scott and slash Steve Carell is like a, just a small piece of uh, vindication in some ways of like writing, writing wrong. K- Casey Affleck winning too is great as well. I, I think he's going to win the Oscar so that, you know, we'll see how that and it, Viola Davis. Probably, I think I don't know. It's gonna be her or Stone, so we'll see how that plays out. Mm-hmm. But um, or she's a supporting. Role. I'm sorry. I imagine Viola Davis will also win the Oscar. I but hope so. she's she's so classy and and wonderful and beautiful. And it's it was just so cool to yeah. to see her up on on the stage. So that was probably my favorite. So uh, she uh, winning so moment that, of the night. The show uh, the uh, the uh, How to Get Away with Murder show is on often in my home. Yeah, and she I I come by for for 45 second increments as I, as I make my way to make, uh, you know, some sort of sriracha dish. Uh, they, she just leaps off every screen. She's, she's incredible. Yeah. She's so overqualified for that show. Hey, get that, uh, get the money, get that Chandra money. No shame, uh, at all. And you're able to still do work like this. That that's the best of both worlds right there. But gosh, and not to say that show's bad. It's great at what it does. It's not, it's not like it's, it's, uh, it's embarrassing to her or anything, but it, it, she does leap off 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 the screen. She's great. Okay, so what 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 uh, what made you the most mad? It, you talked about before I had even tuned in. You'd text me the first two winners, and it was just like just a double barrel of what the crap just happened. Uh, I don't want to. I do not want to insult Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, at all because a I think he's a fine actor, and b I haven't seen Nocturnal Animals. And I don't want to, but uh, I love you know Tom <laughs> Ford is a he's a Texan. Talk about yeah, he's got to be in your most unlikely Texan. Yeah, groups. yeah, he doesn't. He's just like uh, he doesn't so New York and part. like yeah. stylish and cool. He definitely not that does. He can't be cool uh, in Texas. Just a not a Texan type right. of cool that he has. He's but he's I love Tom Ford, but yeah, I don't know. But I'm not a I I the Gyllenhaal <laughs> kind of Gyllenhaal, and it, that's just the type of movie that I I most dislike. Like this, I don't know, yeah. like. The did kind of sex, sexy thriller yeah. about did people who try to kill each other. I'm just like, uh, I don't care. I'm did out. you see Single Man? With Fern? the with who? No, no, I haven't. No. You should. That's may interest you in this a little bit because that's a really great movie, and Tom Ford did that too. Um, okay, Firth is unbelievable in that. He won for that, I think. No, he won for King Speech. He didn't win for that one. Uh, but okay. he's great. You should you should check that. Out. I think you would like it. I it's, seen that. it's small and quiet and. And mm-hmm. dry in some parts but it makes you really interested in tom ford as a director 
And so mm-hmm. that almost got me to see this. And then I, I just watched MacGruber for <laughs> the just 50th bailed time. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> smart. Smart. It's a good way to use it. Never, ever say never, ever. But regardless, yeah. I, I don't know how, how good Aaron Taylor Johnson is or not in the movie. I know he's not better than uh, Marshall Ali because that was the best performance I've seen uh, in like five years. So like, yeah. I don't know how it could have possibly been any better than that. Uh, that, and, and, and if, if he wasn't going to win, then Jeff Bridges is incredible in hell or high water. So that, that really set me off. And that's literally the first award <laughs> right out the gates. You're just like, Oh my gosh, how drunk are these people this year? It's just unbelievable. And, and then, then he, they followed they... that up directly, directly <laughs> just straight into Billy Bob Thornton. So no, no, there was a there was a there was a, a was there a, a break in between? There was a break okay. of uh, Tracy Ellis Wa- Ross beating Julie Louis Dreyfus. Okay, that's fine. Which I is guess. fine. Yeah, I don't Julie, watch Black. She's had enough. It's, great. Yeah, it's fine. It's not yeah. like Julie Louis Dreyfus <laughs> lost any sleep over it, but right. So it's like, but you do not award the award to the woman that literally wins every award, and then, <laughs> right? And then right. you just follow that up with, and it's not Billy that Bob Thornton. Billy, Oof, Billy Bob Thornton is. Uh, I like Billy Bob. Me no too. offense to Billy Bob. I like Bob. him. I'd love to, love to share a, a beverage of, with him, you know, like a <laughs> sure. nice green tea or yeah, something. Or like a, like a vial of blood, maybe anything <laughs> yeah. would be totally fine. But yeah. like you look at that category and I really feel like I said on the episode when we talked about the Globe nominations, I'm pretty sure I said as long as Billy Bob Thornton doesn't win, then it's fine because you can't go you wrong go, you go with Rami Malek and Matthew in the world. Yes, exactly. And Odenkirk is the best. So Rami Malek's great on Mr. Robot and everybody <laughs> yeah. who's over the age of 60 tells me that Lee Schreiber is great on Ray Donovan. So I <laughs> trust I like that Lee that Schreiber. is the case. The, yeah, does, uh, cool dude. Hard knocks. Yeah. Great voice. Great yeah. voice. Uh, solid actor. Uh, I've seen the first episode of Goliath. It is not for me, and I don't think for anyone except for the 90 people that vote on this this uh, this particular award ceremony. No offense to Billy Bob Thornton, he has no business beating out. Did you watch Bob it? Did you see it? Yes. And he, when he, he goes up, a, and he's like, "I'm just glad that I didn't." Bob Odenkirk didn't get a, yeah, this award, yeah. and it's like, I'm just kidding. I love Bob. He's a great guy. And Bob Odenkirk looks like I've seriously never met Bob Odenkirk. Like the look on his face is like, yes, I'm it great. I, it's like he he's thinking it's David Cross or somebody. I don't know, but it's not me. <laughs> is he doing a bit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, uh, so the, yeah. So that was a weird, yeah. It was a weird way to come right out the gates. I, you know, after that they kind of re- raided in and yeah. and for the most part I think got stuff uh, you know right is right as a an award show can be, but. Man, those first two awards are two out of three. You're just like, what? What are we doing here, y'all? This is Matthew Reese win something. Not, it's, I know he's. Not, it's not. Uh, <sighs> it's like, it's not so much that I think he's better than Bob Odenkirk. Bob Odenkirk's great on that show, but it's like, it's it's one of those stupid Hollywood things where once Matthew Reese wins either an Emmy or a Golden Globe, it doesn't matter. People will be like, oh, this guy's good. We'll start putting him in everything, like Bob Odenkirk's and yes. so much stuff, and then we get. Right. Matthew Reese and everything, as opposed to the one movie he's done since The Americans is Burnt with <laughs> Bradley Cooper. And he's the best actor in the world, aside from like Daniel Day yeah. Lewis. He's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And we just don't get to see him except for like eight weeks when Americans is on. And this is an outrage. And he does that wine. Sh- Maybe it's him. Maybe he just likes to go drink wine with his buddy <laughs> in the south of France and, and bully on no, him if he who, does. Who could blame him if he just wants to hang out with Carrie <laughs> Russell instead of schmoozing? I mean, I, yeah. I get well, it. I'm sorry. I, I don't it, know who but... Carrie Russell is. Can you introduce her properly? <laughs> sure, sure. Carrie Russell, comma, the queen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thank you. Queen of us all. Yeah, queen of us all. Yeah. There's still time. We got like eight oh, days until Trump inaugurates. I'm cool with <laughs> Carrie Russell just ice queening, just, just showing those beautiful oh. legs and hair and then just... 
killing. The, there's everyone. literally no two people, especially in our current political climate. There are no two people in this world that could make me root for the Russians, like Gary <laughs> Russell and Matthew Reese. Like, I'm if they turn out to be actual Russian spies, I'll be like, okay, I hope she they win. That's a, good. It's good. Yeah. I she's the not best. One I love just, her. You know, I she's a brilliant. She's great on that show, and she's done a lot of great work in the past too. Uh, but my God, is she beautiful? I just I stare at her. I'm not one of these guys that does that either. But I, I really I I enjoy her. She's a she's a treat. She's a delight. Um, and she scares me a little, which I think adds to it. Yeah, that's yeah. Definitely. So is that, that picture of them just walking with their family eating uh, ice cream from last year is yeah. like I'm I have that as my backdrop on my <laughs> on my uh, computer. It's the best. It's just just so great. It makes me very happy. So, so those are mine. What that's what are weird. the what's the award uh, that that sticks out as a as a triumph for you? A, a win that you celebrate and uh, and something that perhaps you are uh, would have yeah, some. Yeah. So some I uh, the 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 bad was the Billy Bob, and again I like Billy Bob, mm-hmm. especially when used correctly. Um, and, and I'm all in favor of really any situation where he gets up and talks and there should be some, I want a, like, uh, uh, a Lincoln Douglas debate style show where him and McConaughey just talk nonsense to each other for an hour on like showtime. <laughs> I'd watch that. Then, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I was, but I was, I'm outraged cause you know, my, I'm my allegiance to Reese. I was pumped for, for, uh, Donald Glover in Atlanta. I thought that was cool. Yes. Um, yeah. That's that cool. the kind of show that. Uh, and when I say kind of show, I know everyone here is like black show, but I'm not saying that. But it's the kind of dramedy that the Emmy really has trouble with. And so it probably is going to struggle to win Emmys because it's not a huge comedy or a huge drama and, and they're not going to know right. what to do with it. And so like this is the exact – this is the kind of – this is where the Golden Globes can be important. And it's like it can reward those kind of shows and at least give them mm-hmm. some prestige. And I don't think Atlanta was in any danger of being canceled or anything. But it's kind of like with um, Jane the Virgin a few years ago. Like it it, yeah. it, it sets that up sh- that show up for like a solid three to four year run. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, I still got a few left on it. Um, I uh, – I've been uh, kind of slow rolling through it because uh, I don't watch a lot of TV when I'm by myself, and it's when I'm watching by myself. But I, I'm I'm almost done, and it's it's so uh, it's such a think PC kind of show. Like you really do think mm-hmm. about it for a couple hours after, and it's it's he's a really interesting artist, uh, and uh, I'm so glad that he seems to be fulfilling an enormous amount of potential. So I was pumped for him yes. there, um, and he's somebody we root for, and he's going to be in the Star Wars universe. Uh, as as Lando and that Childish Gambino record was a late uh, late add to a great great year musically, especially in in hip hop and R and B. So so he's he's doing it all and doing it all exceptionally well. And uh, yeah, if you were going to, I don't know who who. Okay, so the year's over, and this is something we we who is the like um, who is the star of 2016 mm. aside from Trump. Because I mean, I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, yeah, Trump yeah. is the star of 2016. But but who uh, you know, aside from him, hmm. who, who would you say? I don't know this. I don't know if he is the star. I do think, as someone Michael who Ticklis. has, right, <laughs> um, I, well, I I vote him the star of every year since uh, 1996, <laughs> since the commish. Um, <laughs> he's the commish. Like, how do you not? You can't not vote over the commish. That's I don't know. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of 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 pretty solid uh, choices here. I'm I'm gonna go with the one. I don't know if this will be. This may be more like um, uh, prophesying, maybe, or like looking, like trying to hope that this happens, maybe in the future. But 
when I saw Moonlight, I've been a big fan of of uh, Marshal Ali for for a long time, and Thank I've you. always thought he's very compelling on screen, even in roles that he could totally phone in. Uh, I think that's a big mark of like a great actor is when they're, I don't know, like really popping in a terrible, I think he was on that USA show, the 14, the 4,400, like that, that kind of thing where you can pop on that. And that really says something about what you, who you are as an actor. And I felt like three and four of house of cards, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen those. Uh, (laughs) You're smart. I haven't uh, seen four yet. I, I loved had, him in season one. Uh, he is great. The, he's yeah, he's great. He's great on that. He's good in like the Hunger Games movies. It's kind mm-hmm. of a throwaway role, and he's good. He's very good on very good on Luke Cage. Um, anyway, I, when I watched when I watched Moonlight, and we'll, I think we'll end up talking about Moon. We've had nine hundred people that have tweeted or emailed us lately asking if we're going to do a Moonlight yes. episode. We're not. It's been like three months since we saw the movie, but I would feel pretty secure that it's going to come up in our top 10 list in a couple of weeks. So just, you know, bear with us. Yeah, right we've seen it. I, has Kent seen it? I don't even know. I we've been waiting on him. I don't know if him. he ever got to it or not. Tell you so what, that, fans, if Kent doesn't see it in the next week or two, we'll hop, you and I will hop on. We'll do another sure, one for it. We should talk about that if it's going to yeah, win. It's, it's be, great. It's, it's such a good movie. I think it I don't want to. So I'll just say I, I think the movie almost loses something when he uh, is no longer on the screen yeah. because he's so freaking good when he is on screen that it's like everything, everything else that's happening is very good. But it just feels a little bit less because of him not him not being there anymore. I thought when I saw Moonlight, I thought this guy, this guy's having a moment like this is the beginning of a true uh, a, a true Hollywood moment. And so I, I hope that in five years we look back and say, hey, guess who the biggest movie star in the world is? Marshall Ali. And it started with uh, 2016 with Moonlight and uh, and uh, Luke Cage and all the stuff that he's done this last year. So I, I kind of hope that's it. I don't know if that will obviously come true. And I, I don't know if you could declare him the winner of uh, 2016 in a very ringer fashion, but that's that's who I'm, who I'm going to go with. Hold on. I missed that last part. I was cuffing my jeans. Mm. Um yeah, no, he's okay. So you're, that's a really that's an interesting choice. I think, um, gosh, you know, um, I'm gonna have to go Jai Courtney. I think. <laughs> I mean, best part of Suicide Squad easily. He was, he was. pretty fair. He was. I think that yeah. no, that's a solid choice. I I asked the question without being ready to. To really answer it myself, I think Donald, mm-hmm. the the finalist would probably probably be Donald Glover because he you know like uh-huh. several different yeah, mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, oh gosh, I'm trying to think who had really you you know who were the st- he, Ali is definitely there. Um, you know I think <laughs> I, I've kind of had this thing, uh, and I heard I heard one time many years ago, uh, Wesley Morris, another. Uh, good critic talk about this with about he, he he and I agreed with him. He said that the the biggest movie star in the world, in terms of just kind of pure like ability, is uh, is Emma Stone, mm-hmm. and she kind of had to go through this thing where she and I absolutely blame Andrew Garfield for this. By the way, I don't know why I just do. I blame him for most. Yeah, things. most things I do. Sure. Uh, I saw Silence. By the way, I, I'll have a hot <laughs> take for you maybe later in the show. Okay. Um. But she had to kind of go through, uh, you know, her Woody Allen phase and doing things. Mm-hmm. You know, The Help was, I mean, The Help was kind of the last big movie she was in. And that was, 
what five years ago? I mean, what what would yeah. she do? I mean, she did Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Um, that but those had no relevancy. It's it's but my point is it's great to see Emma Stone be a movie star again because she has yes. it. You know, yeah, so she she has whatever that is, and you knew it. You knew it the minute you saw her. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you saw her in Superbad, or when you saw her in Easy A, or, or you know those, yeah. you just something about her because she's she's a beautiful, beautiful girl, but she's not like a traditional, you know, like Margot right. Robbie yeah. type where you're like, you know, on the cover of every magazine. Um, and uh, so there's just something, and, and she's a she's a great, and she's a great actress, but her presence is unbelievable, and mm-hmm. uh, and so. She has this magnetism, so it's great to see her use that. So I would say she's probably the, she'd probably be my choice because I just I think that's fair. She's yeah. someone I root for and have so hard, and just loved her instantly. Um, that mm-hmm. it's fun to watch her uh, fully blossom and hope. I hope this keeps going. And and, yeah. it, and she, I do believe there's these theories, you know, these cultural theories that like, um, that uh, you know, we could never that you know, uh, uh, Crimea River broke. Britney Spears's brain, or that, uh, <laughs> or that uh, we can, we. If you ever notice that Bruce Springsteen and Garth Brooks were never famous at the at the same time because we only have room for kind of one manly troubadour. You know, Bruce Springsteen takes ten years off, and that happens to be the ten years that Garth Brooks sells like a billion records. <laughs> I think you know, we, you know, we we marvel at Lindsay Lohan's demise, but it's because of Emma Stone in some weird. Yeah, she's she she uh, space jammed her. She, she has, her yeah, yeah, she has the career uh, that Lindsay Lohan. We probably all totally. thought yeah. in two thousand and two that Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan would would have, uh, and it seems to be a far better person. So I think we're all we no yeah. one feels any guilt about it. Yeah, it's so, kind of the cruelest trick we've ever pulled in Hollywood of <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're girl- crazy. Okay, well we found Emma Stone, so it's fine. You're out. We don't care about you anymore. Like, oh, poor Lindsay. Not yeah, poor Lindsay. She's crazy. The, she did it to up, herself. But keep still. up the self tanning. We'll we'll come around. <laughs> we'll just we'll just let you be over here. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well, good. That was fun. Good. Any any other th- uh, any other thoughts on the Globes? I want to say the. Mm-hmm. I thought I liked that the kind of that the bits and the presentation were toned down. That to me has gotten overblown over the last few years yeah. with various award shows of like this need for for 17 different bits and and something crazy's happening every 10 no just like we're there to listen to to see who wins the awards we want you know a thing here or there Carell and wig were yeah. incredible that was the best moment of the entire show <laughs> that's one of the best award um, show bids i've ever yeah seen. absolutely and the and way I, he I, sells but, i feel bad oh for her gosh. because she, she was couldn't keep so it. funny, yeah. oh, and she couldn't man. keep a straight face. But her bit was so funny. But after he came out and did his, there's no topping uh, that. Just crushed. He crushed. <laughs> I will say, I think that that bit kind of loses some of its uh, some of its appeal if right before it and right after it there were other bits, you know, that weren't uh, yeah. some 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 kind of shenanigans happening on stage, which I feel like is what the Oscars and and maybe the Globes too have been. Of late, so I I thought that it was a pretty reined in show, and maybe that made it boring, but it also made it three hours and ten minutes, and not a chore to to get through some of the cringy, some of the cringy bits and stuff like that. So I, I thought that was really good, and and uh you know I enjoyed I enjoyed all of the the various winners coming. You know it was fun to see Gosling up there because I love him the most. I have a huge crush on him apparently, and uh, and seeing Chazelle. Uh, we talked about this a little bit on La La Land after you you popped off. Uh, Richard is like he's just putting us to shame because he's like two years younger than me and he's yeah. about to be the most powerful man in Hollywood. And I, uh, 
make a teacher salary. So thanks. Thanks for that, Damien Chazelle. Like, that's awesome. Like, good for you, jerk. You know, it was it was cool. It was it was a very enjoyable show, I thought, for for the most part. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I completely agree. And uh, it's a year. It's a weird year. It's it's uh, it felt I think it's because it's an election year. Those years always feel bigger because there's Olympics and there's the election and whether or not you care about it or not, it just feels like don't you know those every four years they feel like super years, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and so it's it for such small movies uh, to be kind of the front runners just feels off. They're great, yeah. and I'm I'm happy in a lot of ways, and it's it's cool, but it's just it. I don't know. It's there's like, I have this weird feeling of like anticlimactic. Uh, I have this anticlimactic feeling about the year, even though I'm mm-hmm. really happy with the movies. It just feels like they don't fully. It's kind of a little bit what I was saying about La La Land. They don't fully fully encapsulate what I think what was a insane, uh, insane mm-hmm. year. But I mean, what yeah. could? Because everyone died. Uh, <laughs> right. I right. will probably die before the end of this podcast. So, so at least something for you guys to look forward to in the second half. But that's it. We are done talking the Globes. We're gonna we're gonna come back, and Brian and I are gonna talk something we do. Uh, somewhat regularly, regularly here, once a year or so. Uh, it's a passion of both of ours, and we're going to talk a little late night comedy. Sound good to you, my friend? Let's do it. Bud. So listen to this commercial and buy whatever is on it, and uh, we'll be back momentarily. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And we're back. I don't know about you. That was a product that I firmly support and believe in, and I've already bought 50. What about you, Brian? A <laughs> hundred. A hundred easily. Good. Yeah. 
Good. Um, so if we could borrow money from any of you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no. Uh, thank you to that to our sponsor. So, Brian, uh, it's you and me. It's mm-hmm. a it's a beautiful evening tonight. We are. <laughs> I'm setting the. I'm. Set, I don't. I paint a yeah. picture, Brian. I don't just talk. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, but it's it's a uh, it's that time of year. We've done this probably. We've been doing this show. We're starting our fifth year right now, which is crazy. Uh, yeah. And thank you to all of you for the continued listens and uh, donations and purchases and just putting up with us in general for for uh, <laughs> yeah. for four years. Our um, own significant others don't listen to us as much as I you do, so don't we know really appreciate anyone that. that listens to me no. as much as some no. of you and and the. And the, I make big grand statements in my life, and no one hears them. And then I make an offhanded comment, and then like <laughs> seven months later, someone tweets me and is like, "Hey, great point on this." Like, oh, just come live <laughs> yeah. in my house. Um, but thank you to all of you. So, but one thing we do about once a year on here is we talk late night television. I am a a true. This is where uh, I am the Star Wars nerd. And Brian is like the passing normal Star Wars fan. Uh, this is where we kind of flip, uh, flip personas here. Uh, I've been a late night. Uh, I gosh, my my mother just didn't care about me at all apparently, and just would let me stay up all hours of the night, starting about two or three years old, and watch late night TV. And uh, it's been an obsession ever since. And I always thought I would, I was destined uh, to do a late night talk show, and uh, I do a podcast, Still time. movies. Still yeah, time. it's fine. No, it's fine. It's fine. Still waiting on it. I do have a late night show uh, premiering soon on um, just that station that's on at Gas Pumps. <laughs> just the Murphy middle. USA station. Yeah, the Murphy yeah, USA good. station. So I'm pretty pretty fired <laughs> up about it. Um, my first guest is uh, is John Stamos. So be on the lookout for that. It's good. It's good. He's a delight. Talk about uh, Greek yogurt. I assume. No, we just talk about uh, bongos <laughs> with the Beach Boys. His, how he's percussionist, and, and then if he's ever met Paul Simon. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good cross up. It's yeah. it's two and a half hours long, and they told me to cut it down, <laughs> but it's like you know when John wants to talk, right. he wants to talk. When he wants to talk Beach Boys, you don't cut him off. Yeah. That's how John rolls. It was great. I really enjoyed the episode of that uh, of your show Thank when you. you broke down uh, the entire only season of grandfathered with John Stamos. That yes. was a, that was a really cool, cool moment. I thought, thank um, you. I, I was embarrassed, you know, look, do what's right. I was embarrassed because for the first, um, for the, uh, first four hours, I thought we were talking about the grinder <laughs> and, uh, I think, he knew. I think he knew, uh, <laughs> and, but he's, he's a gentleman, you know, first. Yeah. And that's what, I, that's what people love. About the Stamos and the fact that he's a vampire and has got has not aged at all, uh, ever. So hey, okay, late night TV. It's a new mm-hmm. world is upon us, a new world order. When I was a kid, I am thirty years old, Brian. Can you believe it? Mm. Three decades. I can't believe you made it. Mm-hmm. Three decades of bardening. How bard- bad do your knees hurt, by the way? Because thirty is the worst. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's terrible. pretty bad. I my yeah. feet are up right now on my desk, and I'm, <laughs> I have to think about how I'm going to get them down. Yeah, later when awful. we're done. Just. Die at 29, kids. That's what we're telling you. <laughs> Did you hear the wheeze in that laugh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. No. Okay. So, yes. So, the first 10 to 15 years of my life, uh, especially in the summer, I would watch these shows live, you know, because there was no other option aside from, like, VHS taping, uh, taping things. And I just had – I didn't want to 
you know, I only had so many VHS tapes and Wayne's World 2 wasn't going to go anywhere. <laughs> so uh, I didn't do that. And then, you know, DVR came along. And then I think the first late night show to really figure out YouTube and viral clips was Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Um, he 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 was kind of the first, as far as I know, to really, really do it well and make content that seemed almost specifically for that with like, um, you know, the Matt Damon video during the writer's strike, the Ben Affleck video after that. Uh, the, you know, Hey kids, I ate all your Halloween candy, uh, <laughs> things like that, that Kimmel's done for, for, you know, gosh, seven or eight years now. Uh, and then Fallon kind of perfected it, right? Uh, yeah. Colbert still doesn't know it exists mm-hmm. and, uh, no, but he's getting better at it. And then, uh, you know, the, the political talk shows, your, your daily shows and your Bill Mars and those, they kind of are they were. It was easier for them to transition because they can just kind of hot take for four minutes and put that on YouTube, and it's going to get hits from their audience. And uh, one person that's kind of figured that out and kind of the forgotten soul out in the Siberia of the late night late night landscape, somewhere between episodes of Big Bang Theory, is Conan mm-hmm. uh, on TBS. So Conan was hosted a uh, host for those kiddos out there. He hosts the late night show, which is what Seth Meyers hosts now, which David Letterman originated. And Conan kind of, I think perfected for our generation. Sure. There's nothing funnier to like a 14 year old boy than Conan. And I mean Mm -hmm. that as a compliment. Um, And then you kind of, I, at least me, uh, you kind of grow into like Letterman and stuff like that. And you, you, you set Conan, you've loved Conan forever, but maybe he's not your guy. Uh, every day anymore but uh and then and then went obviously to the tonight show and that that worked out great he's still doing it to this day and it's the end of our episode right (laughs) no that didn't work out and he goes on tour and he finds himself and he does his show on tbs which i don't really care for and this is where i know you your allegiance to conan is is deeper than mine and you still watch the show but i really don't uh and i don't think i don't know the writing's doesn't isn't up to par or something it just it's always felt off to me and it's been on now five or six years right the tbs yeah. show mm-hmm. yeah um and now, now there's some mumbling that that show is going to go away right uh yeah so, well, they're gonna do something able, different with it at yeah. least yeah they're gonna maybe yeah. go to more of a samantha b type format right where mm-hmm. it's a weekly uh yeah weekly they're, show. they're talking about going weekly and i've also heard kevin riley's talked about taking it more digital so maybe some kind of like blend of those two things of like a weekly show and then having uh digital bits kind of uh, i don't know disseminated throughout the week or something i don't know exactly how that would how that would look but yes i think that's that's kind of i think something like that's in in the offing uh okay. kevin riley the, the guy who runs programming at tbs he kind of he, he backpedaled off of it a little bit but but not really, not enough to make you think that uh, it wasn't something that they really had seriously discussed. It made you feel like maybe they just weren't ready to announce it yet, more than anything else. So I, I think I think that's common. The uh, the show is uh, it's not it's not awful or anything. It's just not really anything I'm ever down to just watching an hour of. Um, but it, it's it's an enormously expensive show, right? You have Conan, whose salary is is you know, probably substantial. Um, I would imagine Andy Richter is also paid well. Uh, you have a huge studio. And this is where we kind of get into the difference of the show. You have this big studio in Los Angeles. And to me, that's kind of the core of the problem. To me, Conan is such a great New York comedian. Yeah, uh, like Letterman totally. was. And his insistence on staying in L.A. 
which I totally get. It's a way better place to raise your family. But he's so East Coasty, he always feels yes. weird in L.A. And that's part of the reason why his, when his show works now, and the reason they're thinking about changing it is in the last few years they figured out Conan is really funny out in the world because he's a giant redhead, uh, crazy person, and so just putting him, putting a camera crew with him, super low budge, and and sending him out to a dance studio or mm-hmm. having him play a video game with someone uh, with the Clueless Gamer series, or that's oftentimes their best content. Uh, so, but they still have this huge studio just sitting <laughs> in yeah. Los Angeles. I'm sure they'd love to at least cut that cost, maybe just buy a couple nice cameras and a few writers, and then just send Conan, you know, give Conan an immense travel budget and say, mm-hmm. go to go to the uh, adult film con- convention and go to go on a cruise and go ride camels in Saudi Arabia. You know, whatever you want to do to if you give us forty hours of content a year, uh, yeah, that'll be fine. So that seems to be the model they're going towards. And I'm, I think that's at his best, but I think Los Angeles is kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. It, the other thing is too, is like, it's hard, man, it's hard to do one of these shows now when you don't, when you can't get the guests that bring in yeah. eyes. Like it's, it's kind of like a, in some ways it's kind of a circle. Have, yeah. yeah. Like how, I mean, I mean, he he probably interviewed. I love Conan O'Brien. Conan, I ride or die for Conan O'Brien. He is he is my late night leader, and and always will be. There'll never be somebody that replaces Conan O'Brien in my heart. Um, but like when you interview Kevin Nealon twenty times a year, like it, it's just yeah. it doesn't. No burr. Yeah, I mean it's it gets old and it it does it hurts because you can't. It's like a cyclical thing. If you can't book guests then you can't get the eyes, and then if you can't get the eyes, then you can't book guests. And so it just goes round and round of of guests, of B-list B, B guests and, and low A-list guests. And, and every once in a while, he'll go through kind of a renaissance, and he'll get some really good guests for a week. And I think that invigorates the writing, too, when you have – when they, they feel like they have a bigger platform – the thing, so I think it's just, I think it's hard. I think it's really hard to support a talk show like this. And it is, I think, I, you are the, you're the, you're the authority. You may completely disagree with me, but for me, it is by far the most traditional uh, late night talk show on TV at this point. Yeah, and, it is. And so when you're still doing, and there's something, to me, there's something, um, maybe a little romantic about that Absolutely. that he's still doing that that he's still doing the thing that he loves doing and that he grew up on and that he thinks is is the right way to do this this sort of show and so when you when you are when you are working within that format um and then you can't get it, it just puts so much pressure on writing and you probably aren't spending you're probably not getting the the highest of high class comedy sure. writers at this point so it's like it all kind of works together to create what for me is probably like a B or a B plus show every night and nothing that is going to translate to, uh, you know, a big hit on YouTube. I still I I have stopped recording. I don't record any late night shows anymore. I, for a while I had Conan and Fallon and probably Colbert, too. Um, when I moved, I switched to a different provider. And so I just stopped recording and I stopped watching the shows because I, I, I don't know. I don't have time. I don't have time. I can barely keep up with the shows that, are, you know, come on weekly mm-hmm. or 10 times an entire year. Like I can't keep up with uh, with Conan and, the, and, and Jimmy and anybody else can't do it. But I, you know, I will I will tune in occasionally. And 
it's still a funny show, but it is funny to me at like 25. Like it doesn't work for mm-hmm. me on a truly comedy. Like most of the laughs that I that it generates, it it generates it because Conan himself, he's really good at what he does, and and because it it brings about this kind of like nostalgic. I don't know, like almost like an, a sympathy laugh for nostalgia in some ways. It's still a cool. Here's why I still think, like, why I think it, the show still has value, because he's. I think he's giving young writers a chance to write, and I don't think they're getting the same opportunities on some of these other shows. Mm-hmm. I think it's such a that show, uh, Conan O'Brien show, is such a raw sort of. Uh, the way they go about doing it is is a little bit more traditional. They're getting an opportunity, and you can tell that in the show because you get a lot, a lot of jokes that just they're probably not making cut at Fallon Show or uh, or Kimmel or, or something like that. And and Conan goes out there and tries to sell it, and it's really funny to see him sell it. But at the same time, it's like I'm glad these guys are getting work. I'm glad they're getting something on the air. I'm glad they're going to be better at it. I I hope that we're going to get. 10 years from now, we have like a bunch of people that say, oh, I started on Conan. Like we have right now with Krasinski and uh, Mindy Kaling and uh, people like that that like started it or Ellie Kemper that started as interns on Conan and worked their way into performers and writers and then became the people that they are. Mm -hmm. I hope that we have that in 10 years. I don't I don't know that that's going to be the case. I think so. I, I see the value in what he's doing, but I also see exactly why it doesn't get ratings and it doesn't create viral content, which seems to be like the thing that drives this, you know, this particular industry now. Absolutely. And, and you're right. It does. It is a little, the weird thing about Conan's TBS show. And it's kind of like a, it's a weird contradiction of look and feel. Um, The old Conan show late night, it was like a really dark set. It was in New York. It felt like, um, you know, kind of naughty and like uh, kind of, collegiate and smart and weird and embraced all that but it looked like that too it it looked yes it looked uh small I was in this little studio and Joel was there and it was dark it looked like nighttime there's something weird about t- and I think this is TBS and not really Conan I don't know something that carried over cuz I noticed it on the tonight show too um <laughs> as someone who shares Conan's complexion and 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 you know his hair and everything I I don't mean this Badly, but he doesn't look well in the light. <laughs> like, yeah, like no, I think that that's fair. Bright TBS studio and that mm-hmm. just that bright super, all those bright logos and this bright kind of daytime. It looks like the Ellen Show. Yeah, and so what when he comes out and does like weird comedy of of young twenty two year old writers, and that's the other thing too. You're right, Brian. That is true. He does give a shot to like upcoming twenty two year old writers. But as a performer, he's like fifty seven or whatever he is, yeah, fifty three. Yeah, totally. mm-hmm. So it's weird mm-hmm. sometimes. It just doesn't. He doesn't know how to sell that type of material. Um, sure. And 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 on the booking thing, I don't. You're right. You're totally right. I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't know if it's an NBC thing. It has some power still. We're there, but all those people are gone. I can't imagine they do that. They like you know like Universal blackballs him. Mm-hmm. Um, but who is he competing with? James Corden and Kimmel in LA. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird to me that he can't. I mean, how many times can you have Simon Hedberg on your show? Exactly. Um, yeah. And I just, I never understand. Uh, I don't know if it's in a, maybe in a weird. I don't. I'm not uh, familiar with the geography of of where that's where the studio is in L.A. Is it because L.A. is a nightmare? 
uh, you know, is it in a part of town that's hard to get to? That kind of stuff matters, you know. It's not New York mm-hmm. where you can just kind of get mm-hmm. places uh, across town a little easier. Um, it's 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 just I I don't think I don't think it was the right fit. I think it could have worked at TBS, but a nightly bright daytimey Conan show it's just never felt right to me. He's always operated best to me when he feels like uh you know you're in you're in the offices of the Harvard Lampoon with some crazy people and we're all just going to do bits for an hour and have you know a couple make fun of a few movie stars that come on and that's it. It he doesn't he doesn't work culturally. He works best counterculturally and that mm-hmm. show sets him up oddly. So I I'm all for revamping the show. I think TBS is a pretty cool place to be for comedy. Um, so I'm not saying he should switch networks or anything. They're doing some interest, you know, Samantha B has been a big hit. Um, you know, uh, I think that search party show, which I'll talk about later is doing, did pretty well. Uh, they have, um, I mean, as we make fun of it, but having reruns of big bang theory is better than having most things. Yeah, Uh, sure. It's like having episodes of reruns of Seinfeld in the early two thousands. Like it, it, it's silly, but it 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 pays the bills. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> there's a little Sheldon Cooper in the corner of all your on all on all your checks. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, people of Earth family or whatever. But it's it, it does I think need revamping, and I think he's figured out this viral this viral piece pretty well. And if they can evolve that into something weekly to where you, you know, and John Oliver always admits it, like the best gift he has, and and, and it's in that Daily Show book we both read when he brought that mm-hmm. deal to John Stewart. John Stewart was like, once a week, yeah, you're you're taking this deal and you're taking me with you. It's, right. You know, I mean, right, that's absolutely. the dream. Yeah. That's the dream for people that create content. And so if you move Conan to weekly and he can do an hour a week or half an hour a week, I think maybe he he could write a lot of it himself again. He's such a brilliant writer and, you know, get the quality of content up, up, mm-hmm. up again. I'd be, I'd be really interested in, in that, but uh, we're going to switch. Any, any other Conan thoughts before we move on? We're going to, no, I just, I think I'm, I'm with you in that. I think this would be a great move. I, I, I hope that he kind of sees it as uh, an yeah. opportunity, not a, a demotion or something like that. Cause he, the other thing that Conan does, he's a great interviewer. And if you can, I've always felt like he's he's a very good interviewer and I, I enjoy watching him work with mm-hmm. uh, whoever he has on the show. That's part of why I've, I've, I've stopped watching as much is because I, I think it's like, it's almost like kind of seeing his talent wasted, yeah. you know, continually interviewing the same people and or people that I don't, I don't, I don't care to see. Um, he's a great interviewer. So like, I, I want to see what he can do if he's given the, I, if you look at it as an opportunity to go once a week and just crush once a week and then do some of those, you know, do serious jibber jabber, yeah. do something, um, on the side where he can really go through, I don't know, like kind of work those muscles out again and really do that stuff. I, I think that's a huge opportunity for him to, as a Conan fan, as a huge Conan fan, I I'm excited for that. I just, I hope that the, I hope that he looks at it that way. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and knowing what, I mean, not that I'm friends with Conan yet. Um, soon, I hope. But like, he's been uh, circling you for some time. <laughs> yeah. Um, what we know about Conan O'Brien, I I don't know that he'll I don't know that he'll look at it that way. And that's yeah. He tends to be sensitive, and he tends to, uh, to his great credit, in 2009, really stand for the traditions of a late night talk show. Sure. And he was right then. 
uh, but you know the world changes. And- right. And, yeah. And he. I mean, no. I don't know that anybody carries around as much Catholic guilt as he does. And so, like, you well, you're, when you're I carrying could probably <laughs> <give a reference. laughs> when you're carrying around this like this need this like I don't know this sense of failure. I I don't know. I don't know how that how that translates for him. And that that kind of not worries me, but like that bums me out to think of him as feeling like he messed this up. And I don't I don't think that's the case. So. Uh, we're gonna. So we've got Kimmel hosting the Oscars coming up. Um, if you were to sort of power rank the, let's do, we'll just we'll keep it to five. Uh, mm. Your top five. Actually, you know what? We'll do three because we'll, okay. we'll your top. If you were to power rank your top three late night talk show hosts as of the beginning of 2017, what where would mm-hmm. you rank them in terms of? Now, this isn't necessarily ratings because Fallon's going to crush that, and that factors in. But I kind of like position in the in the culture at large. Uh, who who would you have? You know, I love I love what Colbert is doing. For the most part, I I love Colbert, and I love the. That's hard to do. That's hard to put into because I think that show is still it still hasn't found its footing, and that's that's a problem. And some of that's on him. Um, but I really enjoy I enjoy watching him. I think he brings an intellect to late night that I don't know that it's missing because I don't I don't want to try I, I don't want that to come across as like trashing Kimmel or Conan or or, or any of that. But I I think. I think Colbert wants to entertain and educate at the same time, and if he can bring those it's two things together, for that. yes, hundred percent, hundred percent, yes. Um, so, I still would put money on on Colbert, uh, his legacy enduring. I think it's going to be another year or so of kind of the rough ride. He needs it, his uh, Hugh Grant moment that Leno yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. We're just in a we're in a weird spot. Um, I think Kimmel's number one, and I think that that's I wow. I have never been a a by any anywhere close to the imagination a, a religious Kimmel watcher, um, but I think he is the best right now in terms of blending sort of the traditional late night host with um, he does you know he does bits, but it's not the same way that Fallon or Corden do bits, but. Um, in some ways that makes them better mm-hmm. and at least it makes them to me it makes them more uh, like I've got to watch it most yeah. of the stuff that Fallon and Corden do now I get why it's popular I'm happy for them I'm happy for the people that really enjoy it I'm just not in that that boat I guess mm-hmm. I just like it's it just seems like it's unrelenting like <laughs> look at the cool thing we did this week you know yeah. or today and then like tomorrow oh look at the cool thing we did today with Robert De Niro you know, I, it's like okay that's that's fun but yeah. Um, as someone who I think I think you're like me in this, I will always have a place in my heart for the uh, sit down and, and do an interview with a with a celebrity guest and maybe get oh, them to sense. do to talk and to do something, say something that uh, they maybe we don't know or or tell a story that we've not heard before. Just kind of the the tradition of that. And Kimmel is doing that on a I think closer to that sort of level than than what what Fallon or, or Corden are doing. The and be, it's, the best, it's, it's way more watchable. The best thing that happened to him is twofold in Kimmel on Kimmel is one, everyone moved to New York. So he's kind yes. of the only network guy in LA. Corden is too, but Corden's a later show. So everyone's all of his, you know, ratings competition is in New York. So he has complete reign over guests. Um, the next thing that happened, which is great for him is Disney reasserted itself as like the dominant, 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 um, not just kids, but adult, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, pr- production company. So he has first dibs on everything Marvel, everything Star Wars, everything because you know he's on he's on ABC. Uh, right. And then everyone got really nice. And yeah. if you know anything about Jimmy Kimmel, if you've seen people talk of him, he's a really, really nice, kind, unbelievably thoughtful person. But mm-hmm. he does come from radio. Right. And radio people are not nice to each other all the time. And it's mm-hmm. and he's never a jerk, but there's always the threat that he can be. Um, it's kind of like how Letterman was. Uh, he has that bit where he, he he's very pleasant. Um, but you know, if you piss Jimmy Fallon off, you're you're probably not gonna have to pay the price. If if you, mm-hmm. if you tick mm-hmm. Kimmel off, um, you know, uh, you probably want to go just jump into the ocean or something. Yeah, because he's gonna. Oh, be, yeah, and he, he does it, and he pulls it out almost never. Um, yeah. but when like when he did that thing to Leno with Conan oh. a few years ago, like he can flip that radio switch where he kind of goes into Howard Stern mode and just destroy yeah. you, and. Uh, and it's great. And just the threat of that makes him interesting because the thing I always tell you, and these are late night television shows. They're on late at night for a reason. They're for adults. Mm-hmm. Not saying you have to come out there and say the F word and talk about sex forever, but there should be some edge to them. However mm-hmm. you define edge is up to you as a host. But if you, you know, Ellen does a great show. I, I, I think what she does is, is unbelievable. But I think when you try to do that show at midnight, it looks stupid. Just like if you yeah. were to try to do Jimmy Kimmel's show at two in the afternoon, it would look stupid. Mm-hmm. And that stuff matters. And I think people, he, he is oddly set up when everyone else is giggling and talking about how great everyone is. He's the one guy now that can kind of pull an eyebrow up. Uh-huh. And yeah. he's socially, he's this, and he ha- so that's kind of his Letterman side. And then his Howard Stern side I talked about. The other thing he has is he has kind of the Carson side. Where everyone kind of wants to party with him, he throws yeah. these great dinner parties, and he's and so that matters too. Like they, you know, uh, <laughs> it's weird. Like Julia Roberts comes on and wants to impress him. You know, yeah, that that's 100%, a hundred percent, yes, perfect dynamic that, for a late night host. Yes, that was something that I tried to touch on and kind of missed on. Is no one gives. I, <laughs> I don't. I, I feel like I'm just ripping on Fallon, and I'm not. Fallon, Fallon is Fallon's so good at what he does, yep. and and and, and somebody that I really like. I like watching his show. It's so enjoyable. I totally get why it's successful. No one gives a crap if Jimmy Fallon likes them or not, because <laughs> yeah. really, it's it's typically the other way around. He presents himself as kind of the chaser in all these these uh, situations. I don't think anyone cares if if Conan or or Corden or Colbert care, you know, likes them. But there's something about if you read any book um, a sur- surrounding comedy or listen to a podcast or an interview with or read an interview with any of these people who were around during Carson's run, mm-hmm. they to a man, to a woman, they have a story about um, being accepted by, by Johnny Carson or being rejected by Johnny Carson and how that has stuck with them over – 30 or 40 years in some cases. And I think that there's like a, a certain, there's like a weight to that that matters in this weird uh, kind of unmattering <laughs> late night world that we've created. Like it re- really in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But to us that, that care about this sort of stuff, it does, it really makes a difference. And I, I think you're, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like I think people really care if Jimmy, if uh, Jimmy Kimmel likes them or not, or if, if Jimmy Kimmel wants them to come on uh, on his show, I think that matters to them, and that, I, if nothing else, I think that puts him at the top of the list as far as you know the the war for for current late night status goes. 
I I completely agree. And he uh, so so as we as we talk about Kimmel, the uh, so he's your he's your he's your number one. He's hosting the Oscars, and uh, sure. W- look, we're always nervous about Oscar hosts um, because the the Oscar uh, community has a little too much input, and it oftentimes kind of messes with comedians. I was mm. all in on Neil Patrick Harris hosting probably for the next fifty years, and then he did it. And he was not very good, right? It's um, brutal, and so. I'm still waiting for that magic trick to pay off. By the way, I wake up every night. <laughs> uh, so, and I was honestly, kind of low key killed his career. By the way, which mm. I mean, he's got yeah. this Olaf Netflix here. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. Um, I and I love NPH, so I'm, I'm rooting for him. But uh, he was on a rocket before that. Yeah. Uh, so, so hopefully the the same is not uh, true for for Mr. James Kimmel, and hopefully he is. Uh, assertive enough to just say, yeah, guys, you know, feel free to collect your paycheck, but uh, just do that from your own home office. I'm going to go ahead and write and produce this show with my people. And, right. uh, and sorry, uh, Bruce Valance. Yeah, sorry, Bruce Valance. You know, tell you what, you can save all those jokes that you wrote uh, for T-shirts next year, and <laughs> uh, and now everyone's happy. So, so, uh, so I'm, I'm, but I'm, I'm excited. He's, he's the perfect person to do it. It's, it's crazy. It's taken so long. Uh, because he's been doing that kind of after show, obviously kind of campaigning for it, and he's on ABC, uh, which which shows the Oscars. Uh, so it's it's great that he finally got it, and uh, he's really. I mean, if you look at Jimmy Kimmel on the Man Show, he's this kind of schlubby, funny, goofy guy. It's crazy physically. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks the part now, and that's a big deal. And uh, he's certainly he's he's just he. It's he, yeah. I always liked him. I, I thought the Man Show was pretty funny. But I never would have in a million years thought. No, I think no, everyone would have yeah. thought it would have been Corolla if any of them took off. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great story that uh, Corolla tells about their program director uh, when they used to do morning radio together in L.A. And they gave something happened, so they offered. They were both like the, the they were both sidekicks on like uh, Kevin and Bean, you know, like the big morning uh-huh. show. Yeah, yeah. And they offered Adam his own show in the afternoon. And because he's doing Love Line tonight, and he said, "Well, what we should do is have Jimmy and I do it." And uh, they said, "No, no, no." I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy's you know he's a behind the scenes kind of he's funny. We like him, but he's a he's a producer. Like he'll never make it <laughs> like on air. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guys had like ten years. On late night. <laughs> and then the other one is the same guy. Uh, told him that, uh, "Hey, you're having these comedians on uh, way too much. They're not funny." Uh, you know, you need to tell them to not call it anymore. And it was, uh, this was like 2006, 2007, and it was uh, Louis C.K. and Joel McHale. So that guy knows talent. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Get Don Rickles on. That's a comedy right there. Yeah, exactly. No, he's one of those guys that was like, you need to get uh, hot girls on and have a weenie roast. You know, one of those radio, classic radio guys. Um, but yeah, so late night, what do you think? Is it gone in 10 years? Last thoughts here. Uh, is it? Is there still... Boy. I hope not. Yeah, I hope not because of people like us that really that that matter. I, it definitely has to transition. I think Fallon and and Corden have led the way on that, and how you can kind of carry it through to the next generation of of late night watchers. I don't know, man. Like, I think it'll still be around. I don't know that every freaking network is going to have three different late night shows and. Maybe this thing with Conan with going to a weekly format, maybe that becomes more of a, a norm. I, I don't know. I, I think yeah, I foresee I'd love to see a network do like a nightly host. Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be an interesting bit. I think more likely than not, if, if I had to put money on it, I'd guess that 
you're going to have uh, the Tonight Show and uh, and Late Night or whatever. Like, I think there may be two. At the end of the day, I think we're going to end up with one or two like flagship sort of Tonight Show, Late Night shows, and then everything else is either going to go away or go digital or go weekly. Something is going to shift. I think we've kind of reached the apex of – I mean, Netflix has a late night show. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, we, we don't need uh, – I don't know that we're going to have to continue to get 17 different ones. So I, I, I can't foresee that, that that holds true, that that continues for another 10 – in another 10 or 20 years. But I don't know. I think there's enough tradition to it that and, – and if you keep putting the right people in place, and Fallon is definitely on that – you know, on the, the, the forefront of that. Um, if you keep putting the right people in place, then you're, you're going to have enough innovation to keep it, um, you know, viable. Yeah. And it's in a weird place too, though, where, uh, who, who's the most likely to not do it? Who's most likely to be gone in five years? It's probably James Corden because he's yes. going to want to go do movies. So like none of these guys are going anywhere unless, mm-hmm. unless Colbert is like thrown out for ratings or something. Right. Um, you know, Fallon's not going anywhere. I don't. I can't see Kimmel getting burned out or or anything. He seems to really love it. So it's going to be interesting. The industry's going to change, but the personalities really won't. Really won't. You mm-hmm. know, Trevor Noah looks like he's in it for the long haul. Uh, you know, John Oliver, uh, Samantha B, the kind of yeah. weekly people there in it. I mean, it, it's it. The landscape may change, but the faces won't. Conan mm-hmm. still. I mean, Conan's been around. Conan is going to at the end of the day have the longest run ever. Yeah, he's already up there almost with Letterman. Like twenty six years, I think. Now. Yeah, yeah, more than that. I th- yeah, yeah. I guess it is. Yeah, twenty twenty six, twenty seven years. I mean, he could in ten years pass Letterman for like mm-hmm. longest tenured uh, late night host. Uh, so it's and you know you know who we crazy. haven't mentioned is is Myers. Myers is that show is really kind of rounding into form. Yes. It took forever, but, but I it, will say I would lo- I want to see him. You know the Kornheiser thing of what does your Thursday show look like? Uh-huh, uh-huh. What does your non-election year show look like? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah, because he's really good at the election thing, and he finally sat down. Mm-hmm. You're totally right, but it that is the best year to be good, and so yeah, let's see what he looks like on you know on, in June of 2018. That's the sure. test of a real. That's where Fallon's great. That's where mm-hmm. Fallon's brilliance is, where he can just say, "Well, I'm going to play Connect Four with you know." <laughs> right. And so yeah. Uh, okay. Well, good talk. Uh, do you want to do weekly recommends, or do you want to just move? You want to just force people listen. to watch next week? <laughs> yeah, just come back and listen to us again next week, listener. Yeah. Listen to us. Yeah, our weekly recommend is the Mad About Movies podcast. <laughs> but hey, yeah. on behalf of myself and uh, Brian, I'll let you say something on behalf of you. Hey, there he <laughs> I'm is. Brian Gill. Yeah, Thanks. there he is. Thanks for being hey, here. Yeah. Thanks what, for hey, Brian, where would where would I follow you on on Twitter? If I was looking, you can find me on the Twitter, Bgill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me at Richard Barden on Twitter or the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter, which should be hitting your mailbox some point. If you're listening to this upon posting, some point in the next few days, uh, yeah. you can find Kent at Kent Garrison on Twitter, or Matt. You can find our show at Mad About Movies Podcast. Dot com. Hey, we don't say this enough. Uh, email us, madaboutmoviespodcast, right, at gmail.com, or uh, you can just fill the thing out on the website. It'll, it gets to us. Um, and, and leave it a review on iTunes, because those help when it comes to uh, us uh, building our little empire here. Those help more than anything in those those five-star iTunes reviews with the little notes. So if you want to be nice to us, do that. Uh, and people, I can't tell you 
once a week or two, people always say, wow, I can't believe you guys uh, emailed back at all and so quickly. And it's it's because we're very nice and we love all the emails we get from you guys. And uh, we're huge losers and we have nothing better to do. So, <laughs> so uh, on behalf of Kent, uh, I'm Richard. That's Brian. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. I hope you enjoyed the show. It's a little bit different, uh, but we, uh, we, we had fun. Brian, did you have fun? That was a blast. Good. I, I, I miss you and I hope to see you soon and, uh, we'll talk next week. What are we talking next week? Have we decided yet, Brian? Uh, I don't know. We, we probably will. I would imagine dear listener, the next couple of weeks you'll get, I would imagine you'll get two two episodes a week for the next couple of yeah. weeks as we try to knock out some of these, uh, Oscar movies and, I want to get to a monster calls and uh, maybe we'll do a moonlight. Then we've got the founder and we've got uh, what's oh Patriots Day. Patriots Day is coming out as well. And then we've got our uh, our end of year recap. We'll get to as soon as we can get through these last couple of movies. That so, one's lots no way, of stuff you're heading. We shoot anyway. a little video for that one sometimes, and we like meet yeah. in person, and it's 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 delightful. So uh, Just, all right, gang. Well, ma'am, fam, I appreciate your time and patience as we do something a little different tonight. Big shout out to Kent. Uh, hope you are plowing through your work week, brother. We miss you. We'll see you next week. I am Richard. That's Brian. We will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. See ya. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.